It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? I tell you what's not going on. Uh, Eagles offense, uh, the... uh, The cornerbacks are, well, dead, non-existent, and uh, what a shellacking is. John Bartrude, Elliott Shore Park's actually still live from uh, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome as we're just, uh, I don't know, I don't know if we have any any great words for anybody uh, here, Elliot, but um, we're, we're recording this in the Eagles coaching booth, and I know a lot of people are kind of going into that a lot, but uh, uh, what's your first kind of takeaways from this one? So I think there's two ways to talk about this game and just in general what all Eagles fans just watched. There's the actual game itself, which clearly we're going to get into. But then I think at the end of it, we should talk about the larger picture, which has some positive, which I'm sure people want to hear after this, but then also some really serious negative as well. So if we just want to start with the game, uh, all week leading into this game, I really thought that the Eagles would come in and be be competitive. It reminded me of the situation against the Patriots in 2015 when no one gave them a chance and they won. They went in and they won that game. What we got instead was that game before the Patriots where they got blown out in Detroit. That's the Eagles you saw today. And I promise Eagles fans out there listening, like as bad as it looked on TV, and John, you can speak to this, like in person, it was literally like watching an NFL team versus a CFL team. I mean, the Eagles were not in the same class. In the way the Saints just embarrassed this team, embarrassed them. Like, they beat them for sure. But just, you know, they're dancing. They're dancing in the end zone. Every time they made a play, almost the whole roster would run into the end zone and celebrate with the fans. Uh, Alvin Kamara's on the Jumbotron dancing to Little Wayne. Like, just so many things that they did that probably didn't get picked up on TV. Like, the Eagles should be embarrassed about what happened to them today. And this has to be a wake-up call for this roster. You know, Doug... And really, a lot of people, Doug, Howie, the players, have talked about the new norm and how, you know, we have a new culture. And all we heard all last season and this past offseason was, uh, you know, under Doug, this this team really loves playing for Doug. And we're really going to find out because it's easy to say all that when you're seven, you know, seven, one, eight and one winning Super Bowls, doing the electric slide. Like, it's easy. Now these next five games are not going to be easy. And we're really going to find out 
how strong this culture is that they've built. Well, and you mentioned Dalvin Kamara dancing on the sideline. I don't think Malcolm Jenkins also appreciated his last touchdown. Um, I, you know, I don't know how Doug feels kind of about that, but honestly, this is the NFL. And if you get upset about touchdowns yeah. or run up the score, like I, I'm not here for any of that or whatever. It's so dumb that people – I think the two things that people are ta- seem to be talking about that I just think are pointless are, one, the whole him throwing it. You know what? You shouldn't fall behind, and you should stop him. So that's that. And also, I don't think taking Wentz out made sense. I think Doug made the right decision – keeping Wentz in like yeah is there a possibility he could get hurt absolutely but at the end of the day Wentz has recovered from his ACL injury he's healthy and he's not playing well at all he's playing really bad and so you know were they going to come back and win the game no but if Wentz leads two touchdown drives and maybe you end up getting some momentum in the next week against the Giants then yeah I think I think it's worth it now it didn't end up happening but I do think keeping him in was the right decision yeah I I will say this though it did seem like uh, I believe maybe even a birdie was exchanged between the Saints sideline and, and Malcolm Jenkins and, and whatever. And that's just kind of the mounting frustration of all the things that have happened today. And, you know, for I, I couldn't believe the amount of – I mean, this was the reverse body bag game for a lot of people. It's what it reminded of. Yeah. I mean, the, you had uh, LeBlanc, Shandon Sullivan, and uh, Razul Douglas at one point, And then Bosby had to be out there for a long time. Sidney Jones is banged up. Like, you're looking at this, and I know – like, there could be I, – I have – uh, a, a small suspicion that this could be an opportunity to let go of Jim Shorts if that's what you really wanted to do. I don't really see that happening. I don't think that this is, they're going to kind of uh, do anything at this point, like you said. And people don't want to hear it, and neither do I, really. Like, I don't want to hear that, hey, the Eagles are still in this division or whatever at this point. Sure, you can – numbers-wise, numbers, numbers wise they are. But, I yeah. mean, we know that this team, with its now depleted roster, with the offense not being able to do anything against one of the worst defenses on the planet and you can't even adjust to that and I know that this is where the the conversation all week I'm guessing is going to go in between is it you know still execution is it the coaches you know people are even saying quit this team has quit and uh, even Carson Wentz is saying no one's quitting on this team that's what he said right after this game and that's you know you can take that for what it's worth I personally don't think this team is quitting I just think that is it's they, they weren't ready for the season. At no point were they ready, and then injury after injury piled up, and, you know, um, it is, it's a little bit of, sure, you can use the injury excuses, but also, the, and you have mentioned this before, I think you even tweeted it out, there are, there are serious problems with this roster. You can't just chalk this thing up and say, well, the injuries are what got him here. I mean, that's certainly a part of the equation, but... Lewis Riddick seems to think, think the same way. The depth just isn't the same. This isn't the same football team. It doesn't have as much talent as we once thought, and and so it's I, crazy to say that I, a year I think out. That, I think that is an issue for sure, and I think the biggest mistake this front office could make is when they view this roster and they view their coaching staff is to say, okay, well, we had injuries. If we stay healthy, things are different because I don't think that's the case. There is the chance it's going to have to be made, especially on the coaching staff, but let me ask – Let me. all right, let's talk about the game a little bit more before we get big picture. To me, this game was lost, well, basically from the jump. I mean, they were barely, they were barely ever competitive, but – you talk all week and really all season about we have to start fast. We have to start fast. And look, if you're going to lose this game, fine. Like, I don't think people expect them to win this game. But to come out and not be competitive, that happened in the first quarter where on the first three drives, they had 15 total yards and a turnover. At one point, the Saints had more points than the Eagles had yards, which is unreal. I mean, the offense come out. They That's the thing. They look unprepared each week. They don't come out, and there's never any they're, – they're not creative with their, their play calling. You never see any – you know, excitement with what they do. Now, Doug will point to execution, and, and, you know, that could be part of it. Like Doug, He's right, though. 
That's I think he's right there. No, I do think he's right, but but again, like that also falls on him because he's the one coaching these fifteen plays up throughout the throughout the week to get ready for him. I mean, so I I do think execution is part of it, but I, I also think just they don't look prepared. They don't they don't look prepared on defense. They don't look prepared on offense. Now I will say in general, like I wouldn't like I'm I'm trying. I know Eagles fans are mad right now. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't be mad about what you saw, but I almost feel like this is one of those games you just chalk up, throw it out, and move on. Like yes, they lost the game. I mean, if you would have liked to see them be more competitive, but the Saints are just a way better team than they are. So this whole thing where you know the season is over, I don't think the season's over. I don't, and I, I and it's weird to me that fans don't want to hear that. Like why would you not want to hear that your team still has a chance? Because they're looking down the line. That's why. I mean, you're so you're looking at this. Line. You're looking at even if they get into the playoffs, even if they win the NFC East, there is no way that they're going to be able to compete. One with this team again, if they have to come through New Orleans, right. and guess I, I don't think anyone is going to be able to compete with this team in the Saints, especially in the NFC. You can they. I mean, it looked like the Eagles last year. It looked they're they're they have the same type of swag and and all of that. Absolutely. Uh, I I personally don't believe that this team even even at its best even if they get you know Jalen Mills back if Sidney Jones is okay if whatever we we haven't even talked about Avante Maddox going down like this is unfortunate Jordan Hicks left the game so he's kind of questionable like there's this, there's no more bodies to put on the defense anyway right. and if you're expecting this team to suddenly just resurge with uh, with this offense it didn't even show up today it scored seven points Elliot yeah. it and scored that's, seven that's points the most disappointing part I think. Because because all week when you talked about this game, you said, okay, the Eagles' defense is going to let up points. That's just going to happen. But you did think the Eagles' offense would be able to score because the Saints' defense is not good. It's not a good defense. And you saw that today. Like, well, obviously, I mean, you didn't see it today. Sorry. But I'm saying, like, the Eagles, uh, first of all, all week I thought they would have a chance to really score points because they could get in the red zone and the Saints are bad in the red zone. They went in the red zone one time today. It was with one minute to go. They had a penalty, a sack, and an interception on the three plays. So, I mean, that's just embarrassing from an offensive perspective. Defensive-wise, like, I don't know how much blame. I, I mean, at the end of the day, you have LeBlanc out there. You have Bosby out there. Uh, even Rasul Douglas. I mean, again, he's a backup. But now at this point, you're like saying, oh, well, thank God we have Rasul because of everybody else. And, I mean, even now he's hurt. So, you figure today they lost Hicks, uh, Rasul, Avante Maddox, Jason Kelsey. Am I missing anybody else? I think so. Sydney went out for a little bit with a, an injury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, this was a devastating loss. All that being said, they have three straight divisional games coming up. And as bad as Eagles are playing, and they are playing bad, they're capable of beating those three teams. And if they win those three games, I think fans will talk about it a lot different. So, yes, this was ugly. Yes, this is one that you really look at that team and you say they're not, not as good as the Saints. But we knew they weren't as good as the Saints. To me, the biggest concern from today is just how bad the offense looked. Yeah, it's and, not so much the loss. And that's that's the major takeaway from this, too, is just you know three interceptions from Carson Wentz, zero touchdowns. Uh, the, the, I mean, they were outgained by almost five times the amount of yards, which doesn't really matter unless the Saints are scoring points. And, hey, guess what? They scored a shit ton of points. Yeah. So... Um, you know, and even just at the end when you when you thought, hey, maybe they'll just cover the over, and then Dallas Goddard stops on his route, um, and Carson just throws another lollipop uh, to just tie a bow on this on this horrible po, po boy crap sandwich and of, of what's happening in between here. The 2018 Eagles, maybe they'll cover the over. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll cover the overs, right? And that's. Um, that's kind of you know, and and even so, like the there is there is not one play, there's not one series, there's not one drive that you can go. Well, this was the turning point of the game, and I know people are going to stick out and point at 
you know, that third and two, I guess, early on when uh, Stephen Wisniewski. Yeah, Wins took the sack. Yeah, Wins took the yeah. sack. Yeah. And, yeah, and it wasn't good, obviously. Yeah, you know, and Stephen Wisniewski just gets obliterated during that. Um, Wins still had, a, I thought, a, a pretty decent amount of time. Uh, and then. You know, people are just going back to, well, why didn't you just run the ball there and then go for it on fourth down, and now he took the second. Sure, I mean, is that's that's another big, is that coaching, is that execution point? And, yeah, I, I guess you can you can kind of say both there, but, I mean, Jesus, that, that was kind of, that kept happening even just after that. Nobody And the weirdest thing is, is everybody was clamoring for uh, Golden Tate to kind of be out there, and he let the team in targets. Yeah. And you're going, well, uh, that's that's where I kind of would go to the coaching staff and be like, guys, what's going on here? You know, is this a comfortability issue? Is it not him, him with the playbook again? Seems well, kind of ridiculous that they don't start out a drive with getting him going. The playbook thing is a bullshit excuse because you're only teaching him a certain amount of plays per week for the game plan. You're not teaching the whole thing. And when you look around the league, Amari Cooper – has been a big part of the Cowboys' offense since him getting there. Demarius Thomas played a large amount of snaps his first week with the Texans, way more snaps than Tate did. And a lot, honestly, a lot of Tate's, I know he was a leading targeted receiver, but a lot of those, I think two or three of them came with the game already out of hand. When the game was still in hand, he was basically a non-factor. And look, me and you and James, we talk on this podcast about how we like the Golden Tate trade. And we were right then. I like the idea of doing it. But we're also right now by saying that trade is looking like it was a complete mistake because you're going to end up having Tate basically have no impact on the season whatsoever. I mean, the fact that they're losing obviously impacts that trade because you've basically now given up a third-round pick for a rental. But it's not even just that they're losing. He's just a non-factor. I mean, even when they throw him the ball, it looks no different at all than when they were throwing it to early in the season before he got here. Like, when they're throwing it to Aguilar, Matthews, or whoever was out there, it looks exactly the same. So that's the issue. But I, I think two other things. From being in the locker room, like, I was just, and I'm not trying to put on, like, my big J journalist hat and being like, you have to answer <laughs> questions. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I do think it was noticeable to me how few players talked after this game. Malcolm didn't talk, uh, at least in the locker room. Um, Fletcher Cox didn't talk. A lot of the guys that are supposed to be leaders of this team did not talk. Zach Ertz stood up there and talked, answered a lot of questions. Lane Johnson talked. Alshon talked. Like, there were guys that did. But to me, I thought it was pretty telling how many guys didn't. And I think that that's something to look at going forward just in terms of, like, are, like do you have the right leaders on your team? But, but the other thing is this. This is going to be this, these next five, six games. Like, we got to take the kid, kid gloves off with Carson Wentz. He is not playing well. Mm-hmm. He is the top reason this offense is struggling. He's been inaccurate. He's been made really poor decisions. He had three interceptions today. And I know the last one, you know, the game was basically over. But still, three interceptions in a game where you absolutely had to win the turnover battle. And he was just inaccurate with the ball. Early on in the game, there was a third down pass to uh, Jordan Matthews. And I do agree Matthews was held slightly there. Overall, though, not an accurate pass. It was high and it was over his head. I'll even make the argument that he wasn't even open. And, and you're trying to... I don't know if he was trying to throw him open. I thought that was really weird. He was trying to lead him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so even, I mean, if he's grabbing a, a handful, I'll have to, again, I didn't get a good good look well, at the replay. Well, the life in the press box. <laughs> I know. It's a, and, and by the way, I mean, it's, let me tell you something about this stadium real quick. It is fucking loud. Like, yeah. I've never been to this uh, Superdome before. It is loud as hell, and now I understand why it is so hard to play here. It's also the vantage points in the press box are here are are pretty bad. I'll, I'll say that. So Terrible. If we this miss anything, we'll see it on the rewatch. But yeah, that was that was one of those. To your larger point is where I think you're going on this, right. and I agree with it too. Is no matter how many times that this offense has struggled, 
Carson Wentz has at least one play during a during a drive during a possession which absolutely kills any chance of getting things going and this happened again with Nelson Aguilar in a double coverage and this is when Carson Wentz for the first time at least uh, I remember seeing throwing his helmet being very angry was really pissed off after the game as well and just um, he has definitely been a part of, of killing that momentum. And here's the thing, and it's not even Monday, so we're not even talking overreaction Monday, but I understand, look, just after a loss, you talk about things differently than maybe you will in three or four days. But when you look at Wentz now, I think there's a weird thing about Wentz is people talk about him like, okay, he was going to win MVP last year, but he didn't win MVP. He does, he does have a Super Bowl ring, but he's not really a quarterback that's played in the Super Bowl and won it, and he's not a guy that's played or, or played in a playoff game. There's a real chance that Carson Wentz's third season with the Eagles is going to end with a Super Bowl ring, but not a single moment of him playing in the playoffs. And I think when you just look at simply what Wentz has accomplished, so prior to the game I tweeted out that because Dak today against the Falcons led his team down the field uh, for a game-winning field goal, and he played well last week too, I thought, Dak overall. Obviously at the beginning, not great, but he still put up 27 points on the road in a big game um, and I'm not comparing Dak and Wentz because Wentz is a far better quarterback but at the end of the day like Wentz can have moments in games where he does amazing things and he was great last year but we're getting to the point where we have to see some be- just better results with Carson Wentz I mean where is his signature win I'll ask you what, what how many games in how many games can you point out? Well, the Rams, I would say, was a signature win True. for him. I mean, he, he did tear his ACL in that game. Well, so. I'm just, I'm just right. letting you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, today, again, I'm not saying you should expect Wentz to, to win the game today, but... Got to be way better than fucking that, though. Quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks... That doesn't. This should not happen to them. He should. It, you shouldn't lose forty-eight to seven. You shouldn't only have fifteen yards of offense on your first three possessions. Like the, at the end of the day, we, we're. I am still waiting to see a signature moment from Carson where you can say, or even one or two of just saying, okay, this guy is it. He has that because he's clearly talented. He clearly has the respect of the locker room. He's clearly incredibly intelligent from a football perspective. But in terms of results, there have just not been a lot. Of moments where you know he's when you say okay I remember when Carson led them back against the Packers and did this I remember when Carson went into New Orleans in a game nobody thought they could win and he won the game there's just not those moments there's the Rams game but he didn't even finish that game so I just think in general like for these next six games we have to look closely at Carson and if he continues to play at this level you definitely go into season four with him obviously you're not questioning like is he the guy or anything like that but I do think you look at him differently and say okay we need to start seeing some of these results and that's why earlier in the season when we talked about it on the podcast and I wrote about it this whole I, this whole thing about him late in fourth quarters is extremely fair and accurate and then today you saw it again not in the fourth quarter but just coming up small in a big stage and I understand people questioning as they should. Um, I'm still willing to, especially with him and Doug, still willing to give them at least a benefit of the doubt here when it comes to this. I mean, uh, I know that there's there's an extreme amount of hurdles now coming back into this thing. And as much as people wanted, and we've seen this in NFL history time and time again, we've even seen it with the guy who kicked the shit out of him on the other side and Drew Brees as well. Like, you know, there, there are different starts for different QBs. 
I get caught up in it. We all get caught up in the moment part of, well, now Carson Wentz isn't as good. Now we can't really compare him to Joe Montana or Tom Brady or think that he's going to be like Aaron Rodgers or any of that right. stuff because the results are bad and he's coming off of an ACL and MCL and whatever. Like there, there are a lot of different factors in which, you know, and, it, and that's not trying to take the criticism off of him like he fully deserves it for this game. Um, I think we just need to find that happy middle as always, and we struggle to do that, and we all struggle to do that, especially when it, it, it's it's like this, and there's four. It's a 41 point loss, and you're just going, well, whatever. What positives can you take out of this? You can't. It sucked. Yeah. It was bad. Just like Elliot, you were saying, you got to fucking burn this right. and move on because there is no real positives. And honestly, that's my takeaway from a lot of the people not talking in the locker room as well, especially when it's an away game. You want to get the fuck out of there, get back to the collect yourself, and be like, we have to face the Giants now, and. And that's what's funny too is people are starting to question, you know, the Giants win, and this is this is all kind of a a, a weird league, you know. Nobody expects. Well, the Giants who only have one less win than the Eagles. Oh yeah, that's I what mean, I'm we saying. Point that out there, right? I mean, like I look, and again, I maybe I'll be the lone voice of optimism, which fine, which is a rare, which is really weird, by the way. Which is rare, <laughs> see for me. But at the same time, like if they win these next three games, which are all very winnable games, you'll look back at the Saints game and you'll say, yeah, you know what, they just got smoked by the Saints, and you move on. They win these next two games. I mean, we didn't even mention Alex Smith has gone down. He's done for the season. The, Boy, did that look brutal, by yeah. the way. So Washington is playing with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. Like, things are bad with the Eagles. The The Redskins are trying out Mark Sanchez tomorrow. So things could be worse. But you look at the Redskins, I think they're basically done. I don't think there's any shot they win the division. They have six more games to go. I think they're lucky if they go two and four. And I think more, more realistically, they probably won't, will only win one more game. The Cowboys are an issue. But you also get to play the Cowboys again in Dallas. And you're how many games behind now, Dallas? They're one game behind, one, right? Yep. So you're one game behind with six to go. Like, this is an extremely manageable situation the Eagles are in. And anyone who's talking and saying, like, the season's over, it doesn't matter. No, because then you're just squandering an opportunity. And getting Wentz in the playoffs and getting him those reps is extremely important. But let me ask you this, because we talked about it briefly. Or I asked you on the way in the elevator downstairs. Like, all season, the Eagles players, and we've kind of said it, has been like, the talent's there. Why is this not working? Is the talent there? Let me ask you. I'm asking you that. Uh, the first part of your question, which wasn't uh, a question, yes, the elevator in the Saints press box is the fucking worst oh elevator I've ever seen in my life. And it took years to get down there, and then nobody knows where the locker room is after that. <laughs> Secondly, I, I, I mean, I can't sit there and go, this offense is practically the same with players. Defense is a different story, but not wasn't at the beginning of the year. Yes, some things changed. It shouldn't be this bad, you know. We can we can say yeah, it's maybe it's not as talented as we, as we thought. I think that's a fair thing to say. You can always go into like yeah, they really became a team and they were winning and nobody was really questioning a lot of things. But this is this is the the things that I think we've said since. July, since August, yeah. since, you know, free agency, since whenever is you cannot get emotional after a Super Bowl win. Um, there, I think it's starting to, you know, maybe I was kind of back and forth with it when we talked about it originally, but this is part of it. You're not really taking a hard look at your roster. And to be honest, none of us really did because well, what are we going to say? They just won the Super Bowl. And now we're sitting here saying, going, well, the depth isn't as good, yeah. and now the, the draft picks that they had aren't really showing. And, you know, Dallas Goddard's your first selection, has been pretty quiet. Sidney Jones is, can't stay healthy, just like you were saying, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the past he couple of weeks. He didn't play well today. Sidney Jones didn't, play, really didn't well. play well. I mean, that first run by Mark Ingram, that's, I mean, obviously, whenever th something like that happens, everyone has some blame. But 
Sidney Jones, Mark Ingram ran right at him. Sidney took a bad angle and then missed a tackle, and that resulted in the 38-yard gain. And then later, I think it was in the next drive, maybe the Maybe it was the same one, but I think it was the next drive. Sydney gets beat for a 30-yard completion by Michael Thomas, which, fine, Michael Thomas one of the best receivers in the league. You're playing one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But at the end of the day, like Sydney was supposed to be a top-10 talent, and you have not seen that from him, and he didn't play well today. So I do think when you talk about, like, is the talent there, I think that it, I think that it is, but I'm starting to become not as sure. And back to our original point we started, the Eagles need to take a hard look at their roster and not chalk this up to injuries because you don't lose by 41 points just because of injuries. You lose by 41 points because you're not in the same class as the team that was playing you. And the Eagles, like it or not, the Saints are here to stay. Like Drew Brees doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. Alvin Kamara is a stud. Michael Thomas is a stud. Like the Saints are going to be an issue for years to come. And the Eagles have to figure out a way to get back on their level. And that's only going to happen. I think the offense needs a major overhaul this offseason. Offensive line, I think they need to really look at the running back position. I'm, I mean, personally, I'll just say, like, I think Mike Rowe has to go. I think you need a fresh set of eyes in here to help with this offense. And I don't think Mike Rowe is the guy to do it. Um, so I think major changes need to be made. That being said, they have... They're, they should be scoring more than they are with the talent they have. Yeah. Seven points is insane. Uh, and I'm probably with you on Grow as well because there's the, here's the differences too. And we've seen, you know, even when Andy was very successful and lost the experience part of it with his assistance, and you know, people went on to better jobs. Frank Reich and Di Filippo has certainly done that. And I, you know, we can. I know people just that's the easiest explanation for all of that yeah. is is to always just say, well, they're gone, and look at the Colts, and they won again today, and they look like they're going to the playoffs. Not like anybody named me called that. <laughs> um, and also, you're it's it's too e- easy of an answer for me to just throw it out there and say it's these two guys. But I will say the experience part of that matters. And, and if there is somebody who is a little more experienced or, you know, has been a QB coach for a very long time, like these guys haven't done that. This is Mike Gross' first opportunity at an NFL level to get into an o- OC position. And we don't know. This is what's always hard. When teams are bad, and we've we've gone through this a lot, especially in 11 and 12 and even into 13 and 14 of – Trying to, I remember questioning every single one of of Andy's assistants on top of one, or just thinking, you know, whatever. Who is it? Uh, Billy Davis. Yeah. That that you know, you just what an awful defensive coordinator, I guess. And then position coaches, Corey Unlin, is he bad? Uh, I don't. Never I don't know. Talked about. Yeah. Which is yeah. Weird. But here's the thing yeah. with Schwartz too. Like you, you mentioned it earlier. Maybe Schwartz is gone. Like to me. First of all, I think the defense has overall this season outplayed the offense. So if you're talking about chopping block coaches, I think Mike Rowe is ahead of ahead of Schwartz. But I actually think the defense performance today, I was more disappointed and shocked in what they did versus the Cowboys last week. Because look, we all knew the Saints were going to run. We're going to. I mean, who I honestly thought that the Eagles were going to hold this team to like under 20 nobody, nobody, nobody at all. But you give up 27 points to the Cowboys at home in a, in an a far more important game. So I do think that was disappointing. But also, I said something earlier I want to retract. When I was talking about the leaders, and I said, uh, I said you have to kind of consider if you do right have the right leaders in the locker room. That's not what I meant to say. I do think the Eagles have good lockers, uh, uh, good leaders. Malcolm Jenkins is a good leader. Zach Ertz is a good leader. Carson is. I just meant today they didn't really bring it. So I wanted to re- retract that before, <laughs> before all this. Before you're like, oh, yeah. my God, I can't believe that's on record, and exactly. I don't want anybody to tweet at me. Exactly. Well, that's fair. No, but I, I, I got where you were coming from it's just there's nobody to kind of sit up there and and kind of just take it on the chin here and um it's this is this is what it is and this is 
I think a good reminder, too, and especially when you're looking at this Saints team, right? You know, in 2009, they get in there, they win the Super Bowl. We know what happened in between from that moment and then how long it took them just to get back here. And this isn't – and most of the time, you know, it is, it is a quarterback or it's a head coaching change to kind of turn things around. Very rarely do you see a team, you know, do anything different unless they brought it in, but – uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton have stayed together, and they had miserable drafts. They had miserable decisions in free agency. You know, Jarius Bird and the rest. It's why the Malcolm Jenkins is here. It's why Darren Sproles ended up coming here. They yeah. tried to jettison so many different things to find new talent. And finally, in the last two years, I'd say they dra- drafted pretty well, although Marcus Davenport, another inactive again today, and they, you know, climbed up to in the first round Straight to go get him. Round, yeah. But they, you know, they give away, they started making decisions. Um, would Brandon Cooks help this team? I, I fucking absolutely think think it would have with him and Michael Thomas, but you go get yourself a first-round pick, you draft Michael Thomas, you start to have all these different hits. Alvin Kamara ends up being an absolute monster along with Mark Ingram, and now you have a football team again. Now your offensive line is much better. It will probably take time to, you know, I know this sounds weird, but the window might be a lot shorter, at least with this group, well, and it might take a lot longer to get back to like, okay, Carson Wentz can go win a Super Bowl, and now it's 2021. Well, that was kind of my point I was trying to make when me and James debated the Ronald Darby trade, which was like at the end of the day, yes, you have Wentz, yes, you have Doug. Now, we've already discussed Wentz. Maybe he's not, you know, like every year you have Wentz, you have a chance guy. Like, who knows, right? But at the end of the day, you have to find ways to surround these guys with talents, and if you keep, look, the Golden Tate trade, another week that looks like a mistake, you lost a third round pick and you could say okay well you re-signed Tate and it doesn't matter you could have just signed Tate this offseason you would still have the third round pick so that is that is ending up to uh, look like a mistake but I think as we kind of wrap this thing up like the larger picture again is just to to your point this team this offseason is going to be huge and you saw today how much they need to figure out they need to figure out the offensive line they need to figure out defensive line did not play well today. It's hard enough to stop Drew Brees, but it's impossible to do it when he has all the time in the world. So as much as everyone's ripping the secondary, like the defensive line made the secondary's job a lot harder today. You have to figure out the defensive line. You have to figure out your free agent situation. So there is a lot this offseason that, yes, you mentioned when, when you have the head coach and the quarterback, it's kind of hard to say you're going to have a complete overhaul because you're not getting rid of those guys. Those are They are going to be here. They deserve to be here. Those are guys I think you still want to build with. But you do have to make decisions this offseason that are going to absolutely dictate how good this team is for the next three or four years. Oh, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, and, and that's where we're at here. I mean, we're, uh, we're from the Superdome. We wish we had better news for you. Um, uh, I, I think we pretty much went into this week expecting uh, this kind of thing to start happening. You just wish there was more fight, more effort, more something. Um, I, I, I'm not going to try and sell you on anything. I'm still rooting for this team to somehow make the playoffs and who knows what can happen from there. I mean, we've lo- we've seen a lot of crazy shit. As, as much as you know the awfulness uh, of Eagles games, this is definitely up there. I feel like there's three of them this season that could be considered all-timers. Uh, but um, who knows, you know, uh, the 2008 run was, was to be yet to be expected, yeah. and it was kind of felt like this, too. Uh, there's just a lot of questions in the air, and, you know, we'll just, just <laughs> honestly just keep checking on. I'm having such a hard time getting pissed, one, because I just don't expect them to fight really anymore at this point. But the other reason is... Uh, uh, I, I would rather see what happens next season. I think I've, my mind, I've already moved that, on. The last thing I'll say is, again, like, 
Keep the faith, fans. Just, you know, just the, they have three games. Oh, you're going to get roasted for that. Fine. And I'll get roasted. But, like, this was an ugly game you throw away. The Saints are way better. Doesn't change the fact that the Eagles are better than the Giants. I still think they're better. They're comparable with the Cowboys. And without Alex Smith, they're probably better than the Redskins. And you have them three in a row. So that's all I'm saying is that, yes, this was ugly. You move on. You have to win these next three games to keep your season alive. If they lose one of them, it's over. Then I'll admit it's over. But for now, I still do think there's reason to believe that this team can make the playoffs, and then from there, who knows? Unless they have to come to New Orleans, in which case it's over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the only thing I'll say is there is no lock in this division. I don't want to hear that at all this week. This is volatile as as they come, you know, except for – I think the Cowboys finally uh, won for uh, two, uh, what, two, two games in a row and things yeah. like that. So, Something Eagles haven't done. Uh, 267-245-6066. I know we got a lot of voicemails. We're going to go through them all uh, when we land back. Uh, hopefully Tuesday morning I'll have some fun for you. Uh, until then, for LA Shore Parks, John Barchard from the Superdome, this has been Go Birds Radio, number 32, uh, or podcast, I should say, because we're recording this right here on Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. We'll see you guys.